going to read from uh, John chapter 21 and I just want you to I just want you to get some perspective for a minute John 21 this is John ending ending the gospel and he says these words this is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things and we know that his testimony is true and there is also many other things that Jesus did and if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that were written. <laughs> and the Lord brought that to mind this morning, even last night, as I was just meditating on what the Lord has done over the last few days. And if you don't know, we were on outreach all weekend. It, it, was, a, it was an awesome time, not without its tests, not without some moments Come on, not without some heat, you know, 95 yesterday. And uh, I believe that, that just in what, what was said right there in that scripture, I was thinking about all the things that God did in three days. Just me personally watching what the Lord did in three days was incredible. And so then you scratch your head and say, God, why don't we do this all the time? Because God never designed us to do events all the time. I'm just, I'm going to be real with everyone, right? Here's the deal. You're going to hear testimonies here, but I feel like this was the rust getting shaken off. Do you understand what I'm saying? There, there is so many testimonies, I don't even think we can get them all done in, a, in one session, right? There, everyone in this room who probably touched someone, you saw God speak, you saw God move, you saw things happen. And so... I just, we just want to release things so that you have, listen, you know, so many people got healed. So many people got healed instantly. It was wild. And so, and, and you know what they are? Usually non-believers. If I pray with church folks, I got to check them four, five, six times. No, I still feel something. I, I'll just testify quickly because I'll start it off with a little, with a little quick testimony because it's, uh, the guy, uh, there was a gentleman named Theo that I think Alicia brought in for me. She's like, hey, pray for Theo. <laughs> and he was, he's a, uh, he was a tile guy. And he just went, he was just wandering by, and they were going back to work. And he's like, yeah, my hand, I got carpal tunnel. I got all these things going on with my hand. And he, it was a lot of pain. And so I just did, you know, sandwich, pain go. And the Lord healed him just like that. Like, it was like instant. He was like, oh, he was tripping. Like, he was tripping going down the street, right? He's like walking by the vendors like, what is happening? And he was excited. He wasn't like, he was in awe, but he was stoked that Jesus touched his hand. And will he come to Christ? I don't know. Does he know Jesus? I don't really know. I, we, you know, we prayed for him and, and released the kingdom to him. But guess what? It's seed, and he saw God move. Like, quick. Boom. So we're not in India. We're in America. And you're going to hear more testimonies. Look, look, look. Look, we brought back a trophy. Her name was Diane. But you'll get that in a minute. But here it is. That's, that's one. If I could have taken the $5,000 wheelchair, I would have. But he wouldn't give it up. 
Now y'all are getting quiet. Right? God did some things this weekend. And healing's just part of it, right? Because we have testimony of God touching people's hearts. And some people left, they didn't get completely healed. But they wanted to be healed with all, like, all they might. There's, I'm telling you. So I think about the testimonies in three days, in 30 hours of ministry on the streets. And believe me, people were going around the tent. You know, when, you got, when, you, when you're saying healing miracles, signs, wonders, you know, glory, dream interpretation, encouraging words, they're like, you know, they're walking by the tent. They don't know what you're about. But I'm telling you, God activated something, and we're super stoked. But I want to encourage you. You're going to hear testimonies, and God wants to activate in all of us this 24-7. You know, guys like, guys, I was thinking about this. Guys like Todd White, they're just on all the time. That's why they see the things that they do. How many know who Todd White is? Yeah. He just. Everywhere he goes, every person he sees, he just, he just prays for people, right? That's why he sees miracles everywhere. That's why he sees people turn their lives over to Christ everywhere, everywhere. And so I'm just going to start with a, a few testimonies. But I, I, I just say that because, listen, all the things that Jesus did in three years, just things, day in, day out, three years of ministry, I believe the Word of God. All the books in the world could not contain all the powerful things that he did. Even when he was sleeping. Even when he was sleeping, things could have been happening all around. We don't know. We don't understand the realms of God and how he wants to. He says, greater works than these you'll do. I'm not preaching yet. I'm going to let them say some things first. But greater works than these shall you do. He wasn't talking about, you know, the multiplication of evangelism. That was part of it. He was talking about the multiplication of God using you to the full capacity that he's called you to. Because Christ in you, the hope of glory, lives inside of you. Anyway, how are we going to do this? Donnie, come just give a quick word. Like, what, one, you, I, I know I didn't talk to you. Just give one, one moment of where God began to speak and... Whatever something something that that you release to someone. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, no, no pressure. Um, this weekend was a good weekend for me. Um, I want to thank God that um, I got to pray for this Muslim guy. Muslim? He said Muslim. Right? Muslim. Oh, Muslim. Yeah, yeah. A Muslim guy. He was sitting in the um, doing pictures and. Um, I said, I got to go over here and talk with him, you know, and um, so I went over to him, and um, I said, how you doing, brother, you know, and I said um, to him, I said, could I pray for you, so he put his hands up, so I put my hands up, <laughs> but anyway, I brought my hands back down, I mean, he's giving me a sign, you know what I mean, that's his sign, but, uh, so. He brought his hands down, and I said, all right, I'm going to put my hands on, you put your hands on. So I put my hands on, he put his hands on. And I said, could I pray for you? He says, yeah, 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 you can pray for me. And I prayed for him, so I was like, you're my brother. You know, you're my brother, you know what I mean? And I just prayed for him, and um, 
when I was praying for the guy, tears was coming out of his eyes. But I was like, thank you, God, that you made a fine appointment that I could go to him. See, I wanted to pray for everybody. That's just me. That's just me. But once I prayed for that guy, I just went going. Then I got to pray with these people who's, um, uh, what do you call them, people? The psychic pe- I'm sorry. The psycho people. Psycho people. <laughs> psych uh, people. I went into their tents with one of the young guys that we um, go into. Um, they was like, come on, Donnie, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go. But they didn't really want to go. I mean, they didn't really want to go there, but they wanted me to go with them because I'm, I'm just bold. I don't care. You know what I mean? So I went in into them, and I said, hi, how are you? And they were talking about the stars and all this other stuff. And I was like, uh, could I pray for you? And it was open for prayer. These are two places I went into. Usually, I don't think they're open to that. But I know the spirit was moving, so I was like, could I pray for you? And they was like, yeah, and I, and I prayed for them. And, but what it was, I prayed for a lot of people that day. I don't think I sit down that day until it's time to go home. Yeah. I mean, on Monday, you know, on some days, but I prayed for the homeless. I did see homeless people, but I prayed for them. I, I just went in booth. When people went away from the booth, I went into the booth. I prayed for the officers. I prayed for the firemen. I pray for everybody that I see with moving, put it that way. Put it that way. Because I don't have no fear. You see, God sends me out, he sends me out for, for a reason. And I, will, I went to this one tent, and there was five people in there, and I said, could I pray for you? And the lady's like, well, she thought I was selling something. I said, no, could I pray for you? And she said, uh, okay. So I said, I'm going to pray for all y'all, even the two children. So I prayed for the family and the two children. I said, I don't know a person don't need a prayer. Let's get honest. Let's get honest. I said, everyone needs a prayer. I don't care if you're doing good or doing bad. You need a prayer. You know, so I got to pray for the, but I was so blessed. So blessed that God was just using me, and I was just maybe, I was just a, a maniac. A maniac, you know. But I thank God that I'm like that because it was different because I'm using all the homeless people, and it's a different for me to be up there. You know, because I pray for a lot of homeless people. They're really to receive because they're broken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're broken people. And they're more zestful to say, okay, you can pray for me, you know, and up there. But I got to pray for people that day, and I was blessed. I was blessed. And I was like, Lord, whatever you want to do, you just do it. I'm just going. I'm not debating or nothing. Yes, amen, I just went. That's my testimony. Amen. Thank you. I didn't have an order, so I'm going to get Eric. Eric, why don't you come up? Just give a quick, quick story. And then I'll get ready. You'll be next. Yeah, it was, a, it was an awesome, awesome three days. Um, see, I got myself a little tan. I'm almost as dark as Donnie. <laughs> but anyway, no, really, um, uh, I'm going to preface it by Miles actually gave me a little heads up he was going to call me I was like okay so I got you know I really didn't think about it till then but uh, 
I don't know, about the 70 people I played for over the weekend, or the three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there were so many that stuck out that I actually Stepped out of my comfort zone uh, as far as um, young kid Joshua. I mean, I just finished praying for the pro-life people tent, and I wasn't five feet away, and this young kid come by with court, the Supreme Court on a cardboard thing, and was like, "Hey, can I can I talk to you about that sign? Because you wrote that, right?" And so, I literally we talked for an hour. And we had a lot more in common than he even thought he could. And I got to pray for him. And I got to pray for a lot of people. But I guess one really uh, incident stuck out more than the rest of them. And I'm going to bring this one up because it had witnesses. It had people later that really poured into another family member after I prayed for a, uh, and actually a family member of this family that they, they must have gone by the tent, they were making the U-turn, and they were coming back, and I caught them right by the rock climber wall. And this, this young girl was on crutches, and she had torn her meniscus. So I was like, can I, what did you do? And she tells me, and I go, wow, that, that's, can I pray for you? And she's like, well, yeah. And so I just prayed. I didn't really think much of it. I, I, I prayed, and I prayed uh, earnestly. And and I'm from other people's comments afterwards. I guess the whole family had bowed their heads while I was praying, but I my eyes were closed, so I didn't know. And um, and so they walked off. You know, it was it was good. It was like I got you know excited. I went over and talking to Collins, and and I'm standing there and. Collins goes, you know that family you just prayed for? And I goes, who? And I go, he goes, the, um, you know, the family with the, the schoolgirl, the schoolgirl. And, and it's like, um, I, couldn't, I couldn't put it together right away, right? And it's, he's like, well, this, she's looking back here, and she's either looking through us or she's looking at us. <laughs> and Susie was there, and as soon as... Colin said that, and no offense, it was like releasing a pit bull. And Susie just, boom, she headed up there to, to, to grab this young girl. And, yeah, her name was Chacha. And evidently, she just asked her father if, because her curiosity, by the time they did that U-turn, and she was just like in awe that somebody came up and prayed for her a family member, a, a friend of a family member, and never had that experience. So she, it, it speaked her curiosity along with, I think she must have seen a dream um, interpretation sign. And so by the time Susie got there, um, she had already asked her dad for permission to go back and have her dream interpreted. So, so Susie had a green light to just take her and bring her back to the tent and Miles and Collins and I listened to her dream, and Miles uh, interpreted it, and, and I'll just, I don't know the whole thing, but bottom line was she was going to bring her whole family to Christ. That was prophecy. And, and, and Collins went and got her a nice Bible because she didn't have one. And, and I really thought that 
we really thought that she might be here today, but um, another day, another day. I'm still, I'm still, I'm almost certain she's going to be at some church, whether it's this one or another one. So I just thank you for all those things, Lord. I, I just, the, there's so many people, either we, we, we took them down a little bit off their soapboxes or, or whatever it was, Lord, you healed. You plant, you planted seed, and you, and you're gonna heal them. And we're, and we're gonna just, just keep being obedient, Lord. So we thank you, and I, and I was so blessed. I really, uh, that's what I love to do. That's that's what I, in my heart, the church is, and it is. It's us, and, and we should be out there doing the great commission. So thank you. It's a good good segue into what you were gonna share. Um, what the Lord was highlighting for me was um, just how he was orchestrating everything. And I was sharing with Lisa, uh, Lisa, um, there was this mother and daughter, and I was in the front of the tent, and I asked, oh, would you like your dream interpreted? I started talking to the daughter, and she said, well, I have good dreams and bad. I said, well, the bad dreams you don't have to remember, but what about the good dreams? Um, so one thing led to another, and I, I said, well, why don't you come into the tent, and, you know, somebody will, you know, will interpret your dream. And um, I didn't really feel to, to pray for them, because actually Anthony said, well, Al, why don't you pray for them? I said, no, I didn't feel right. So as I came into the tent, Lisa and I think, uh, who was it, Cynthia, they both came, and they really ministered to this, this mother and daughter in a profound way. Turns out this daughter was uh, a cutter and really needed some some healing and some prayer. So I, I, I just felt like the team, as we were working together, God was orchestrating just who he was putting there, who needed, you know, who was going to pray, how that was going to work. And it was amazing. I, I do want to share what was funny with Eric. <laughs> Eric, myself, and uh, who was it? Keith. Three of us were standing <laughs> in the middle of the street and Keith, I mean, uh, Eric had just said, um, well, you know what, that, that young girl across, she could really use prayer, but I don't feel comfortable just going over there. She's a young girl. And the next thing we knew is this older lady bumps into to Eric, and I turn, and I start talking to the lady and asking if she needs prayer. Um, anyway, one thing led to another. Eric actually piped in and but she was I said well that's fine if you don't want prayer that's okay you know bless you whatever Eric said oh you must need some prayer you know you have those five grandchildren and oh we'll give you a, a prayer for you know strength <laughs> anyway we, we we three of us prayed for her but the funny part was that Eric had just said I don't feel comfortable praying with with that lady across the street but meanwhile there was three guys praying for the lady over here <laughs> So immediate, it was like immediate, yeah, God speaking. I mean, it was just funny. But just, I, I, God was just showing me how he was orchestrating just everything for the day. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, I, I got to pray with this crazy guy, Donnie, too, for a while with the firemen and all the you know, stuff. But, um, and then he went off and did stuff. We, 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 we would, you know, shift partners and partner together or go singly. But, yeah, I got to pray with some of those uh, uh, pro-life people too. Um, they, they were 
some comments about it with the with the uh, the ruling and stuff. But uh, we were happy overall that you know that ruling was a positive one. Roe versus Wade. Yeah, so we praise God for that. Amen. Yeah, why don't you? You might as well, because it's already out of the bag. <laughs> it's interesting that um, Eric was called and then Al, but it ties together. Eric, because he was the initial person who approached this family, the Hawaiian family, um, and um, and Al, because he's he's mentioned the word orchestrate. So my take on all this was that the, the Holy Spirit really orchestrated the whole thing. And what really struck me, and I said, God, you did it again. You, you position, you, you set things into motion. It only takes us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And then he uses each individual strength to do something. And then the next one does something else. And, and then the next one, in this case, it was me. I just go there. I just, I don't need to be told twice. You know, she needs, to, she wants to come. He said, let me just get her, okay? Um, it, yeah, let's just get her. She wants to come. So, so she said, I said, you have a dream that needs to be interpreted, don't you? And she said, yeah. And I wanted to go there. And I told my dad, but he, did, he wasn't listening to me. So he said, come on. I'm just, can I just take your daughter? Boom. I bring her. So I bring her over, right? And so she sits, and she was such a blessing. She was so open, and she was so hungry to really, not only, you know, the, her dream got interpreted, but it was just a, just hope on her, in her eyes. And the fact that she was, she had been validated for what she, the Holy Spirit had already put in her, which was to bring her family together and to bring them to, God, to Christ. And that was powerful. I, I mean, you know how old she was? 13 years old. 13. We thought she was older. She was, and she had this maturity that just came from the Lord. She was ready. She was ready. And it was like one person, and it, the Holy Spirit orchestrating the whole thing to the point that she was, you know, I said, hey, she said she, she, she wanted to come here. So I encourage us all to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And even if we don't understand it, just go with it. Don't ignore it. Orchestration and then having the first person to approach the family and pray for them. That's all it took. Yeah, she, you know, Chacha was one of the ones that I felt like, as Collins and I were just debriefing on an hour ride back, I just felt like she was one of the most um, hungry that we had to come through the tent. I mean, there was a lot of hungry people, but she was just wide open. And, and she stepped into repentance. Then the dream got interpreted. She started weeping and crying as we were praying for her and praying for her inheritance and, and the blessing. And then just felt to give her a, she's like, I don't really have a Bible. And I had a new, li new living translation in the car. So he got, and she's like, oh, this is a really nice Bible. It's the ones that we, we usually, we try to give away for people. And uh, 
it was a blessing. And I just felt like God really moved there. And I'm, we're still going to pray that the whole family would come in here. So if, if a family of Hawaiians, Samoans, whatever, come in, just you better love on them, all right? And I believe, you know, if, it was just an awesome, awesome, awesome situation. I think we'll just go right down the line. I just the whole orchestrating things it was absolutely incredible because we're sitting there because we're in the tent and we're sitting in the chair and we're kind of looking out and all of a sudden Georgie pops up she's not here today and she runs over to these two girls and this one girl is looking up at the sign the dream interpretation so that was it for George she goes you look confused she goes so so was I and she begins to just popcorn her testimony and I, so I see that, so I come over and I'm like, listening, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this is perfect. This was a perfect segue into what we're doing. She was nervous, she was confused, but she had a dream. So then I said, hey, do you, do you want to go into the tent? She's like, okay, she's, like, she's kind of nervous. She was Korean. She goes in with the other girl, they sit down. And we're kind of like talking to her, what's your dream? And she said, well, I have this reoccurring dream that everyone leaves me. My husband leaves me. My family leaves me. I'm like, oh, okay, right away. It's not the scripture of Hebrews 13, 5, that the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. That was it. I just went after that. And I began to just declare over her, prophesy over her that this dream is going to turn around. Like God is not going to ever leave her. So we're talking and we're sharing. I believe, Miles, you went over to the other girl. Something wasn't right with the other girl. I don't know if there was um, emotional, physical type of thing, Asperger's. I'm not quite sure, but they worked together. Um, and they came to the fair together. And she was sitting there. And then we kept asking her, can we pray for you? And she was, like, really freaking out. And then Miles went over, right? and touched her back and the other woman I think it was D Mara and D D was like she doesn't like to be touched so Miles went away and then <laughs> we were talking I began to just talk about the love of God and just pour out my heart to her and just tell her how beautiful all of a sudden I felt and this is not I'm not kidding guys I went from just feeling normal, like how I'm feeling right now, to the fireball of the power of God hit me in the tent. And I'm like, ooh, I know that feeling. And then I felt an angel come through the back of the tent. It was like this breeze went over and went over to this girl's left side. Now, let me tell you what happened. This girl starts crying. And she's like going like this. I'll never forget her face. I went to bed praying for her and I woke up for her. There's something about her. She was like, she was crying and she's like trying to talk to the girl. And we're like trying to like interpret what she's saying. She's like, she whispered something. She's like, something is coming up. I feel something in some memories. Some things are coming up. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, we're going to just pray for you. So we prayed for her and I said, can I, can I touch you? She let me do that we prayed for her and she was just crying she had never felt that feeling before and it was the power and the presence of god coming in and i prayed for whatever those memories maybe there was abuse that happened to this young girl i don't know what it was but i kind of hit everything that i could think of that the lord was bringing up maybe it was everything bullying because she was different but anyways at the end she let us hug her 
It was phenomenal. So that was like my highlight, especially when I saw a, a shift. Like I felt being normal, sitting in the chair, asking the Lord, you know, how do I interpret this dream? To, whoa, I, the power went through my body. And that's the Holy Spirit. And that's what, that's what we want, right? And then even feeling the, the anointing come upon her and sh it was manifesting tangibly on her. And that's what breaks the yoke. I'll just, I'll add to that story real quick because when I did, I went over to touch her. I, the, what I said to her, I said, the Lord's healing you right now of something. And she was like, her friend was like, she doesn't like to be touched. I was like, okay. And I walked, I just backed off, but I could, I could sense, must've been right before. Cause I could see just a blanket go over her and I could, I said, okay, I'm leaving. And they didn't need me, but anyway. Callie, come on. Okay, so I just, the Kieran, the guy in the wheelchair. So Susie and I did dream interpretation for this guy from Australia who was only here for two weeks' time, flew over because he wanted to find, and we'll learn more about, but find Krista I, wait, hold on. I looked it up because I didn't know. Um, and his accent was a little thick. Um, Krista McAuliffe, who, okay, so a lot of people in this room might know before my time. So um, <laughs> she was an astronaut on the Challenger. And uh, he was born in 1994, so it was be happened before him. But he kept having this dream that he was in an auditorium and she was the speaker. And every time she would say his name, he'd wake up. And that was the only dream. But in the, also in the dream, he'd be listening to the replay of the events of what was happening, like the launch and then the explosion. And then he'd be in the auditorium and then he'd wake up. So we interpreted his dream and come to find out it had to do with a lot of things from his childhood and trauma and all that. And Krista apparently is from the Concord area. She's buried there. And he was there because he was trying to look for her gravesite. For years, he had been caught up in this whole situation of learning more about her, trying to figure out who she was, the events that had taken place, all this stuff. So we were able to interpret this dream for him and like pray with him just for healing from all this childhood trauma and his face even like he right Susie like he was just after we had finished praying with him he was just so happy and we even just prayed that he would be able to find it because he had already been to the graves to the graveyard and he could not find it and then um, I ran back into him on Friday yesterday okay Saturday <laughs> sorry <laughs> I ran back into him yesterday and he was sitting there and um eating lunch I was like oh hey I was like did you find it he was like yeah it was all the way way up back of the gravesite, the graveyard and I was like oh you found it he was like yeah it was crazy he was like I got there and I was he's leaving he left today to fly back home but he was only there for the couple days and I was like oh you found it he was like yeah it was the craziest thing I just started going and then there it was all the way in the back I would have never come back here. And so it was just it was just absolutely wild. But that was like one highlight for me. And then the Samoan family, I got to talk to the dad for a really long time about business and all this stuff. It was an insane situation, but that was really cool. Baptism. Okay. Um, right. So, yeah. 
So yesterday morning, um, we had just practically gotten there. (laughs) Okay, so this woman comes up to the tent, is talking to somebody else. Somebody calls me over. I was on my way over anyway because it was a female and male situation. So I was going over, and I got to talk to her. And she was just talking about how she really wants prayer. She's in the process of... Um, turning her life around from drugs. She's been on drugs for a long time. She was in the process of getting sober just for strength, all this stuff. I'm like, okay, great, I'll pray for you, but do you want to come in and just sit down for a few minutes? Um, So we got to talking. All this, there's a lot involved in her story. Um, She's like, it's crazy that you guys want to pray for somebody like me because I'm this way. And she had a pendant around her neck, and it was a pentagram with the pride flag behind it. And I go... Because you're what way? Like, I'm trying to get her to, you know. And she's like, well, I'm, I'm a witch. And, and I'm, you know, her orientation was different. And I was like, okay, well, well, what does that mean to you? She's like, well, I was born this way. Like, my mom practiced. And she's like, I'm not part of a coven or anything. I was like, okay, well, let's just pray. <laughs> so she told, tells me a lot of her story. I was like, okay, well, like, let's pray. And so I have her repeat after me. And like, you know, just to, for the Lord to be the Lord of her life and over her heart and all this stuff. We prayed about some situations and her kids that she had a heart for, her recovery journey, all of this stuff. And then she's like, I really want to be baptized because she's like, I was baptized as a baby, but I don't, I mean, I was a baby. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, well, so I was like, okay, well, Alicia. <laughs> so I go and look for Alicia. I have never personally baptized anybody. And so, um, so we were able to baptize her in the tent and like all this stuff. So it was so, yeah, it was so great. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it was awesome. And so she was like, I was like, okay, well, she was like, yeah. And so I connected her with a local church cause she doesn't have a car. She's, you know, so I was like, okay. And you know, she was like, all right. And she came back later. Like you could tell when I saw her bopping around the fair later, she was just like walking around. She was smiling at everybody. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> I was just going to say something just in regards to dream interpretation. You know, it was funny. It's one of the tools I, I received from, from John Paul and streams. And, and, and it, one day it was just, I think Thursday it was like crazy. I did like four, I did like six dream interpretations. Actually, Callie saved me. She pulled the save on the one with the Easter egg football. And, and, and I, I was like, I don't know what it is. I look at her. She's like, how many strings? I go, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, but it was a save. And it actually, but I, I feel like I was laid, I personally, I felt like I've been doing dream, dream interpretation for a while. And God speaks through dreams. How many know that? You know, sometimes it's pizza. Sometimes it's your psyche. But God can speak through dreams powerfully. And usually when he shows up in my dreams, it's always the Lord. Like, it's always the Lord giving me a message. It's giving me a night vision, something like that. You know, and some people, you, you just don't stop dreaming. And I get kind of jealous of that because I wish I could just go to sleep and get revelation. But Holy Spirit wants to use that. And it was just part of the tool bag. It's just because you can use certain things. And the Holy Spirit gives you understanding through Scripture on how to release truth out of the dreams and pull people into an encounter with the Lord. I saw it at least three times. And it's, and it's not, again, it's not Daniel used it. 
Joseph, it's throughout scripture, you can see it weaved in scripture, so it's not something, you know, we think it's not, you know, fortune telling or weird. So if we got to get out of a religious mindset so that God can use other things and there's other, other ways to do, you know, to receive insight, knowledge, and wisdom. Amen? Because that's what Daniel said. It was insight, knowledge, and wisdom that came through, through interpreting the dreams for the, for the world leaders. How many think it might be important? All right, I'm just, I'm just checking the room. And, 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 I, and I watched the Lord do some powerful things in that. And so, you know, but that was just one thing, right? I did like a bunch on Thursday, and I did maybe one after that for the next two days, for the next 20 hours, you know? So anyway, there's people that interpret dreams in this place. So, you know, if you get a dream and you think it's significant, again, I don't think everything that comes through a dream is from the Lord. Every dream is not from the Lord, and I'm not going to try and put, you know, some type of, you know, line it up. But I do believe that he uses the dreams. Amen? I just said to my, I was going to have the mic again because I couldn't believe I forgot. First of all, she wasn't Korean. She was Filipino. Right? I remembered that. And the next thing was, why would I forget this? I turned to her and I said, would you like to invite Jesus into your heart? And she did. That was the most beautiful miracle, right? Okay. I, I had to come back and share that. Um, so Alicia and I got to pray for someone. She was like catching fish. I just got to participate in the catching of the fish. <laughs> she was just going after people. But... Um, we got to pray for this girl. Her name was Tori. And Alicia just kind of just asked her, like, what was going on in her life. And I guess that she was in a verbal abusive relationship. And, like, she was going to be homeless. And she needed, like, prayer for that. So we just, like, started praying. And Jen, she just told us, like, she just didn't feel beautiful. Like, she pretty much was told in this relationship that she was worthless, fat. And, like, it was just awful. But... As we were just, like, praying for her, like, Alicia and I, like, felt the presence. I was like, Lord, help us get us <laughs> through this prayer right now. But um, Alicia just went deeper, and she's like, do you want to accept Christ into your life and make him Lord? And she just, like, laid out, like, just everything. And the girl was like, yes. So she just, like, said the prayer right after Alicia. And I, you could just, like, feel the shift. And, like, me and Alicia, like, she was shaking, and we were shaking. We, like, felt the presence on this girl and um she didn't get baptized but like she confessed that jesus is lord so i think it's just awesome yeah yo that's awesome like there was salvation at the tent this weekend y'all it's like really cool that's like wow that's like part that's like why we're here <laughs> It's like they got into the gate with Jesus, you know, so I, that's really cool. Um, I won't be very long, but this is really, really awesome. So um, the person I'm going to share about is, uh, is Melvin, um, and Melvin was a good time, um, really sweet man. He was walking up with his cane, and uh, Alicia pulls him aside. He's like, hey, you know, she walks ahead sometimes and stuff. She's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? And then I walk up, and then she introduced me. And, uh, and then so we prayed for Melvin. He said he had back issues and stuff. 
And so we prayed for him. And he said he didn't feel any pain and that he felt his back felt better. So that's awesome. That was already awesome. And so then he was saying something like he was going to go down and get some blueberries at the little frozen blueberry thing nearby us. So I was like, oh, Melvin, I'll walk with you, Melvin. And so, so Melvin and I walked over to get the blueberries. And, <laughs> and then we got the frozen blueberries, and it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and then they asked us, like, they asked me, like, hey, you want to take a video? And, um, and then I was like, Melvin, you want to take a video? And then so me and Melvin get, get in, and, and they have, like, cameras and stuff, and they want you to get, they want to get your reactions when you taste the, uh, taste the, the, like, new blueberry thing. And, uh, and so we got, we got there. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. And so we were just, like, hanging out and doing the video. And he, um, and so we're shooting the video, and he's, he's like, this is my friend Collins, and they pray for my back, and I feel better. And he said it on the camera. It was really sweet. <laughs> it was, like, super cool. It was so cool. And then he was like, I really got to get back to my spot for he's like some kind of retirement bus thing or he's going to pick him up. And so I was like, I'm going to walk with you, Melvin. Let's walk all the way. So we walked back. It was like it was actually a longer walk than I realized it was going to be. Um, but it was such a great time. And and um, and I was like, man, I didn't expect to like witness or do this weekend and enjoy it so much. And. And, and so I like really just enjoyed Melvin and we walked and he got to his place. And as I was walking away, I just felt the Lord. I just began to weep because it was just so, it was just so precious and it was just so thick. And I just feel like what happens in these times is it's not necessarily what it is that we're doing or what we think we're doing. It's like, it's the times when Jesus shows up and he wrecks us and he wrecks them. Like, it's not about, <laughs> it's like not about like how I thought, I, how I think it's going to go or how I think the interaction is going to go. It's like Jesus showed up and like we're all shaking. Like, <laughs> like that's what it's about. And I just felt like that was such a precious moment that I'm going to remember. Um, and I think we all have some precious moments that we're going to remember. I have so many, so I'm going to try to go fast, but I'll start with Diane because she was super fun. Um, she was kind of like, so our tent was like facing the road, right? And she was kind of hobbling behind the tent with this cane. And you could tell she was obviously in pain. She's kind of like wincing. And so I go over to her and I just say, hey, do you want to sit in the shade? Because it's kind of hot and she's in pain. And she's like, yeah, sure. So I grabbed Callie and Tori and we just kind of huddle around her and are like, what, what's going on? And she said, Oh, like, so my knee, because I would ask people, like, okay, so scale 1 to 10, 10 being, like, really severe pain, like, where are you at? She said 7. And she said that uh, this knee, it was, like, bone on bone. It was, like, rubbing, and there was no cartilage in between. And uh, there was, like, a lot of swelling. And so I just said, well, I believe that Jesus is the healer, and he has the power to heal you, and you're going to get totally healed. And um, she was like, okay. So I said, we're going to pray right now. Is that fine? So I touch her. It's probably, I don't know, five-second prayer. Jesus, you're the healer, healer now, touch her leg. And she instantly, you could tell, like, we open her eyes, and she's kind of smiling and making this weird face. And I'm like, how are you feeling? She's like, better. It's gone. So she gets up, and she starts dancing. Seriously, this is a true story. 
she starts dancing. And she's like, she's got this cane. And she's like, well, what do we do with the cane? And I said, I'm not giving it back to you. In fact, we're going to burn it. We're going to throw it in the trash. I'm going to keep it. I don't know what we're going to do with it. But we, we took it. And um, she was just so happy. Her whole countenance. Totally. She, she started literally just dancing down the street. Like, she was so happy. And I said, now, if you come back and you're totally pain-free, like, on your way back, tell me how you're feeling. I didn't see her the rest of the day, but this is her cane, and that's it. We're never, she's never going to need it again. So that was awesome. And I'm telling you, there were so many healings, like, even just within the first day, just me. And there was a team of, what, like, 30? With so many physical healings, um, so many, more than I could even count. Um, this girl, Nikki, was amazing. She was probably in her, like, th mid-30s. I forget, actually. Um, she had MS. And Colin, Smiles, and I met her in the middle of the road, and she was just violently trembling. And we just ministered, like, loved her. She was just so precious. We all actually got totally hit with power God. Like, I was sobbing. Collins was, thank God I was wearing sunglasses because I was just, like, a mess. And she's just the most precious person. She was, like, super open and just was receiving everything. We were just going deeper and deeper, all giving her words, all this stuff. By the time we got her in the tent, I don't know how this happened, but one of us said, it might have been me, might have been Miles, like, I think you're supposed to get up and walk. And... um Miles and I got on each side of her. She got up and, and did a loop around the tent. In fact, at one point, when she made the turn, she stopped trembling entirely. Like, she was shaking viciously. And um, by the time she got back in her chair, actually, there was so much peace. Like, she was just, like, all the shaking was just gone. Um, she wasn't trembling at all. And um, she didn't feel comfortable getting baptized, but my dad said, I'm going to drive to your house and baptize you. And so she's going to get baptized. Um, so that was just insane. Um, we had another water baptism. Also, this woman, <laughs> this woman is part of the occult, okay? This is serious. Literally has been practicing animal sacrifices. Googled healing and deliverance. Drove from Lowell to our tent. Found us online and said, I need deliverance. Just walked up. I need deliverance. And we're like, say what now? I'm on the guitar at this point, so I'm watching this happen, and I'm just like, um, and I'm just like going after it, and um, she just, I don't even know, I wasn't there, I, w I was there, but I wasn't totally there. Basically, from the front, from the time she entered the tent to the time she left was a complete 180. I don't know even how to describe it. She got totally delivered in the water. I, she came up and was just like, it felt like five knives were taken out of my back. Um, and she just got totally delivered, her whole countenance. It was just, like, absolutely insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, I don't even, yeah, there's no words for that one. Um, there was Tay. Callie and I met her on the first day. She had neck pain for 18 years. 18 years. Um, constant pain. She got instantly healed. And I had a dream that night that she's going to get saved and baptized. She'll probably walk in the door, so when I see her, I'm going to just become a blubbery mess on the floor. So I'm believing for that. She's going to walk in, and I'm, I'm pumped about that. Um, Kelly, any, any others? Um, there was hundreds. It was amazing. I felt like the Lord just personally, what Collins just said, like personally ministered to me so much. I was like, and I even like telling the girls this morning, like there was one day, the heat, <laughs> the heat was so intense <laughs> that by like, you know, you've been there for 10 hours. By the 12th hour, you're like, I can't move. I can't feel my, and nothing, you know? And you're just like, Jesus, I, with this, with this girl, with Tori, I said, there is nothing left in my body that is me. And at that point, Jesus just takes over. 
And um, there was so much of that because I said, man, my strength was at like a zero and the Holy Spirit strength was at like a 10. And so it just like, bam, bam, bam. Um, so that, that was that. I think you got a little taste of what happened. Anyway, I feel like just reflecting on the situation that we, we encountered with Nikki, um, I'll just hit that, and then I'll hit, hit one other testimony. Um, you guys okay? Okay. Because you should be excited. This should, like, stir something within us that, that provokes us to, you know, not drive by the person or just walk by the person that might be hurting on the road and, and actually put the good Samaritan clothes on and, and do something, right, to, as people who are passing by. Um, but I will say this, that the three of us experienced, I experienced such power in those moments when Nikki was, we took her around the, the carpet, and then we sat her back down, and something hit me, and I had to sit down, because if I didn't sit down, I was going to fall down, you know? I don't know about you, but when the glory is strong, and I felt the angel of the Lord come in, and literally come between him and I, and push us, like, out of the way, so that's when I said, I'll sit down. <laughs> and I'll just pray and the Holy Spirit was moving so powerfully and she was weeping and then after that personally I'll just share I'll just be transparent I just got completely challenged I had to just leave the tent once they kind of walked away and I had to go take a minute with the Lord because I was like God this is what we're here for this is why you called us because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little about walking in the greater glory because God wants us to walk in this realm but it won't just happen do you understand me? It won't just happen. God wants you to move in, in, the, in his presence because you spend good quality communion time with him first, right? I'll tell you this. This is so true. In our weakness, he's made strong. When I had three hours sleep on Thursday, there was more miracles. I didn't give a rip what was going on around me. It just, I just go out there. Thursday, uh, Friday, we hit a wall. Come on, somebody. Friday, we got out there, and it was like sputtering. Leaving Thursday, I'm like, man, this is just the beginning. We got enough testimonies today for the rest of the week. You know, it just, boom. But then we hit the wall. We hit, warf we hit warfare because there's powers of darkness that don't want. And you know what I think? I think they didn't expect us coming in hard like that. They came in hot, and then the, end, then the demons got like, nah, I, I'm not doing it. We, we're going to mess with people now. So it was as if we were invisible. Or, well, and then there was other things. But I, I felt this. Saturday coming out the gates, all of a sudden it was the same thing. Wham! We're right in it. God moving right out the gate. Like in the morning, it was super fresh. I didn't lose my, my gas by the end of, of, of Saturday. And, um, and just watching as the Lord was touching like a multitude. The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all. So is healing an option? I don't think so. If you're a disciple of Christ, healing is on the, on the table for you to do every day. Right? It's just, it just he walked around. And, 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 and I, I, just, I do need to share that. Colin shared a verse at the beginning. And, and I thought it was super important out of Luke chapter 10. And I want you to just look at it with me for a second, and then we'll pray, because 
and you know, we had a lot of testimony, and I'm just going to share a quick word or encouragement. But I want us to have our eyes fixed on, on what the Lord wants to do moving ahead. Because I truly believe that, like I said before, kind of what you do is you go into an outreach because you haven't done it in a while, and it's like you got to shake the rust off because you forget that you're called as a witness. See, the testimony of, of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I, 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 will, I will encourage you in this. I know the Lord's ch challenging me, at, even Saturday. Saturday I had some laser words for people that stunned them. They didn't even come into the tent. I just talked to them in front of the tent, and they were like, can I? And no one asked me for a card ever. Two people asked me for cards to get in touch. Now we'll see, but because the enemy wants to kind of divert them from where, where God wants them. And so I had laser words for a couple people, and I saw the Lord just like stun them because it's a word of knowledge. And you need, you need revelation. You need prophetic utterance to connect. And I don't think it, it, we didn't, we weren't given the baptism of the Holy Spirit to just sit in church. You shall re receive power, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And then it says that Peter preached to 3,000, and they were saved. Right? And then the next, the next harvest was 5,000. That's without women and children. Mm. And so power evangelism, presence evangelism is what, our, what the future looks like for the church. Because we carry, we carry the angelic around us. We carry the Lord Jesus within us. We, he's around us. He's, the power of heaven is all over you. So I just want you to see. Yeah, did I miss? Luke chapter 10. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. 70 others also. This is before he left the earth. But he called 70 others. He multiplied himself in 70 right there. That means that the apostolic ministry didn't die when the 12 died. It means that he spread the gospel through men and women who gave themselves completely to, to the cause of the gospel and were filled with the Holy Spirit and power. And they didn't, and, and they didn't love their lives unto death. And I really feel like that's what we lack. Because we get super conscious about how we look in front of people. Because I know I do. I just know I do. At one point on, on Friday, I was like, I don't want to ask another person if they want prayer and them to say no. That's just what I, I just didn't want to do it. I was just done. And I'd seen a thousand, you know, I'd seen 25 things happen previous to that. But I just got to it. I hit a wall. It was about 5 o'clock. I was like, it's hot. I don't want rejection anymore. No, I'm being, I'm being real, right? And so somewhere, somewhere you have to move yourself out of comfort and say, because we're good about showing up at a church meeting and saying, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. <laughs> and when it comes to go giving it out, we're like, we're, we're, we're really faint-tired. I'm not saying 20 hours later that's being faint-hearted, but I had, to, I had to talk to myself, talk to my flesh, talk to myself and again it's not in striving because here's the deal the reason I became tired is because my evangelistic muscle is sleeping I'm just being honest my prophecy was sleeping because I didn't have a capacity and I'm a preacher yeah what that is right it's true 
because I don't do it on a daily basis. I talked to some, I talked to a young evangelist. He said, I'm fine in front of thousands, but one-on-one, I'm no good. Wait a second. One plus one should make two. And two plus two make, that's how the multitudes come. It's because Jesus went about doing good, healing all. He went about doing good, bringing the good news, bringing the, the message of the kingdom. Now, I can't even get past three words in this. So it says he appointed the 70. He multiplied himself. And what are we doing to multiply ourselves? And I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir today because I, honestly, I'm proud of everyone that came out. And if you couldn't make it, I get it. And some of you are way far out and that's okay. And, and, but I, I've watched as God challenged all of us, right? You got a capacity and God wants to grow that inside of you. And, and so there was, there was the weird word here. It said, also others, and he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And that kind of wrecked me when Colin said that. It was the first day we were hanging under the tent. It was all about 7 o'clock in the morning, nice and cool. That was before the heat hit. And I'm like, wow, that's a good word, man. That's a good word for us to, to, to walk in. And because he himself, it was the places he himself was going. And what, what, you, what we need to understand, I know I'm on the evangelist kick right now, and, and it may change next week, but I don't think so because what happens is when I taste and see and I know that the Lord is good and what he wants to do, it's been asleep. And I said to Scott when I met, when, I, him, when Alicia's father and myself connected, I said, you, you awakened something inside of me. Something that had been dead for a long time because I was, I was, it was good to preach to a lot of people in church. It's okay. That's what I do. It's okay. But I originally, my original call, my call at first, you think I'm a pastor. I'm actually a, an evangelist prophetic guy. And that, that's what God called me to do way at the beginning. And so, you know, I had dreams that my fingers were chopped off, that my wedding fingers were chopped off, meaning I don't have a big pastoral gift. Look at me, look at me. God's working on it. No, I had a little snub of a, of a middle finger on one of them. That meant that that's how big my, the rest of the, the five-fold ministry, and I know God wants us to operate in that, but he's calling us to live in a realm we're nothing. We're not afraid of anything. And we get so, we get so self-imploded. Do you hear me? God wants to wake us up on the inside. And I, I do have to say, you know, there, there's a few of you that are just out there like missiles. Like God sends you out in the street. It was great because we'd be in the tent and I wouldn't have to move. They're, just, they're like fishing lines. You throw them out and they bring a fish back. And then we just minister to them. And this is what Al was talking about. It was like Al would do it. Actually, he threw three or four people at me. Here, pray. Here, pray. Susie was another one. Eric was another one. Alicia, forget it. Same thing, right? Alicia's there, and then she's coming in and praying. So there, there has to be just this energy. God wants to energize you with the Holy Ghost to move you into another realm just in sharing your faith with people. You may not be called as an evangelist, but you're called to evangelize. You're called to multiply. You're called to, to multiply yourself. And I know this, over the next few years, I know how it gets in the winter. We don't want to go anywhere. 
We don't want to go outside the four walls. But you go to restaurants. Come on, you go to the supermarket. You go to Home Depot, Lowe's, all those places. You know, and, and it's not about striving. It's not about that. It's not about striving. It's about what my wife had mentioned, that first love coming back in. When I burn with the first love, my, the, the love that I had when Jesus, when I first met, first met Jesus, see, the thing is, I love him more than when I first met him, I feel like. So when, when the Holy Spirit wants to come, and, and it says here that he, he sent them out. He sent them out to the places where he himself would go. So you're an extension of who Jesus is in the earth. And you, mean, you may need freedom, and you mean, may need to get free, and you may need healing. But it doesn't disqualify you from being an extension of who he is, right? So in those moments, I want all of us, like, I want you to think, I want, because the Lord's going to challenge us. Because I've been challenged since, since the end of it to say, okay, God, what, what is it? What is it that you want me to grow in? I've been in ministry for almost 30 years, right? If you think I stopped growing, you're deceived because I'm continually trying to grow and step into greater dimensions of God. And he wants you to, to really come into a, a, an alignment with what his spirit is saying in this hour. Ready? It says he said to them, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Now, see that? That's a scary thing. But I will tell you this. There are, there are powers of darkness working right here in America that will try and intimidate you, that will try and shut you up. I wasn't taking on, I wasn't biting bait with people that want to argue with me about political issues. That's not my fight. I live under a higher government. Come on, I live under a higher government and so do you. The government of God that you carry is greater than the United States of America. It's greater than any nation on the earth. It's one kingdom. And I, as I abide by American laws, it still means that I'm not subject to people's trash coming at me. Because I'm, I live in a higher place. That means I'm not afraid of what people are going to say to me. And, and, and I just step, put my chin into it. Do you want to do that? Who wants to do that? That's living my life. Like, I don't care. I'm just putting my chin in it. And, and so I feel like there, there was minor amounts of persecution. We had a little pushback on, on booths that were next to us and that. But it's okay. You can talk bad stuff. I'm going to love you. You don't want it. If, if we had Led Zeppelin playing, they wouldn't have been yelling at us. But we were worshiping. And they don't want to hear the worship. Why? Because it activates spirits in the atmosphere. And so when, the, when, when actually the live worship was starting, it was, it was, that was talk about stir it up. 
So you want to live in that atmosphere of worship, and, you, and, and God's trying to do something inside of us as a community. He wants you to shake the rust off now before the next thing because it can't be about the event. It can't be about the event. And I'm telling you, you know, that was three days. That was a marathon. It definitely was in the heat. And so I want you to be encouraged. Listen, if you need, if the Holy Spirit is like challenging you in this area, like some of you, it was your first time. Keith, you did amazing. Came every day. You did amazing. Did amazing. Faye, you did amazing. You just jumped right in. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. People would say, well, what's the instruction? Ask the Holy Spirit who you're supposed to go to. That's how we do it. I don't have, we don't have a, a system in place. And God wants to use all the things that you've learned to help you. And so you're carrying the light of God. And what did Jesus say about being a lamp with a basket over it? He doesn't want that. He wants your light to shine and burn before everyone. The question is, is the light, first of all, what's, what's the internal light look like in your life? Because that deter determines how, like, what's my motivation? What's my motivation? If, my, if the love of God is burning inside of me, then I won't be stopped. And no words, no cussing me out will stop me. Right? Because who wants to get cussed out? Who wants the abuse? Come on, I'm showing you the ugly side. But really, all, all, all I experienced was like, maybe, well, I will say Friday, there was a lot of no, no, no. No, I'm all set. You're walking by, you're limping, you're carrying your leg. No, I'm all set. I'd rather be busted and broken up. Right, right, right. Don't pray for me. And yeah, we don't pray. We don't pray. That's the other thing. And here's the deal. It's okay. Because can, I, can, I can actually, and here's the thing I had to check myself on, is getting like hardened by that. Like who wants to pray for these people? What am I doing? Come on, it's, the, it's, it's what happens in the mind. You, like, want to throttle back and say, I don't, I don't need this. No, God says you need this. God said, he, I send you out into the, into the, as lambs among wolves. I don't know about you, that doesn't, that doesn't sound encouraging to me. Those are Jesus' words. They're in red. But it says this, listen. It says, carry, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if so, oh, excuse me, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. And if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such, uh, such things as, as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not, go from, do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, they will receive you. Eat such things that they set before you. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God is near you. 
And then Jesus flips the page and says, but whatever city you enter and they don't receive you, go into the streets. Go into its streets and say, the very dust that's on, on your city, which such to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it is more tolerable for that day, for that day, for Sodom than that city. What's the Lord saying? The Lord's saying, if you go to the house and they receive you, go in. And he says, if you go to that city and they don't receive you, you bless them anyway and you move on and the kingdom of God's with you anyway. Because sometimes we associate God's favor as to how many people are going to receive our message. <laughs> Look at me. I'm telling you, when he said, take up your cross and follow me, he meant like, let's just, I want you to walk with me. And the things that are required of you in the midst of walking things out with the Lord. God wants to break off every, pretent every pretentious thought that I have about the kingdom that's not aligned with his. Because we think American Christianity looks like everything we touch is blessed. And I'm telling you, we can run into hard, rocky roads, and it doesn't matter. The kingdom of God's still with you. <laughs> I feel like it was a sign today, right? We just got done. My mother has not spoken in almost a month. My mother, who's in the hospital, has not spoken in almost a month. I felt like after this, we just went through this weekend, and I just checked. I just checked. I said, has mom spoken? I, call, I, te I texted my stepdad, and he said, nope. And then, like, I said, and then I just rested my head down. I said, God, open her mouth. I get a text 20 minutes later. Guess who's talking? I was like, what? I was like, what? And I feel like it was a sign. Open your mouth. We go, we go, and we, the Lord says this. Open whatever you ask. Whatever you ask, believe that you receive it. This, we, we, this is what we were in before. Whatever you ask, believe that you receive it. Whatever we're asking, God wants to release to us according to his kingdom. Are you hearing me? Guess what? There's glory in suffering. I'd rather not suffer, but there's glory in it. There's glory in the pressure. And the gospel, I don't care who you are in this room, the gospel, there's going to be pressure. I'm telling you, there's going to be something that shifts in the atmosphere for people. Are you okay? Okay. John 14, 12. It said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I, shall, that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. There's those words that I was just saying to you. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
So what are we asking for? Here's the point where we're going to ask the Lord. We're going to ask him for greater. We're believing. Do it again, God. That's what today's about. Do it again. He wants to touch the he wants to touch those that are broken, but what's our capacity? And then he goes into talking about the re receiving the Holy Ghost. If you love me, keep my my commandments, and I will pray the Father that He will give you another Helper, that He what may abide. We're just going to stop there, because you heard a lot of testimonies. He wants to abide inside of you, not so that you can have a good fuzzy feeling all the time. Because to be honest, most of the time I felt no fuzzy feelings. A, fu a couple times I felt angels. I felt the power of God just surge into the tent. But most of the time I was doing the guy that I I prayed for his hand instantly healed. Alicia brought him to me. Theo, it was like smack. It, I just, I didn't feel one thing. But he, all of a sudden his eyes opened and he was good. Like it was like, bam, instant. I didn't feel a thing. I didn't feel anointing. He didn't feel, he didn't feel like he had to fall over. Come on, charismatics. He didn't feel like he had to fall over. He just received it. And he didn't even have faith. His eyes were looking like, what is this dude doing? And carpal tunnel went, bang, like that, right? So the Spirit of God wants us to, to, to go in that place. I was thinking about, was it Craig in the big wheelchair? Yeah. I, guys, this is nuts. Like, he's got a $5,000 wheelchair. Like, remote control, you know. He doesn't, Right? He comes into the tent. I don't even know who, someone's like, here, pray for this guy. I think, I'm like, how did he get here? Anyway, it was the three of us, Al, myself, and, and uh, Eric. And, well, actually, you guys were praying for him before. I kind of butted in. But I butted in because I'm like, okay. Can you walk? He's like, yeah. I'm like, get up. And he steps out of the chair. Now, he said he, you know, he could move, but he got out of the chair. I go, How, how's the pain? He goes, I don't feel any pain. Meanwhile, he said he had, like, every, every joint in his body. Like, I heard the list. I was kind of standing aside, and I'm listening to the list of, you know, it was a lot of ailments. He had his, his spine was fused, all that stuff. Right, so we got him. I got him out. I said, want to take a walk? He's like, sure. So I brought him back. I go, how about we get rid of the wheelchair? He goes, that thing's five grand. I'm like, well, how bad do you want to walk? And he was like, I feel like 50% better. He's 50% on who knows what kind of pain level, right? But he was touched by the Holy Ghost. And I know that he left super encouraged. But I'm not satisfied. See, here's the thing. I leave this whole thing, and I'm not satisfied. I'm satisfied and happy, and I'm rejoicing in what God has done. Don't get me wrong. Come on. But I want the guy to be so healed that he's like, the wheelchair's gone. I want Nikki to just snap, crackle, pop. No more MS. No more. Because that's what Jesus does. And so when he says greater works than these, he's calling every believer into this position. He sent those out, the 70s, and at the end of that, he says, don't, rejo don't rejoice in that the fact that the demons have come out. 
Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. And so we rejoice in that. But God, he, then he goes into in John later, he says, listen, greater works than these you'll do because the Holy Ghost, you have him. So I like to bust that cane, but I said I was going to smash it on the stage. So the Holy Spirit wants, you know, he's calling you to live in this place abiding and it's not like you switch it on and off. That's because that's what I feel like I did. Okay, evangelism mode now. You ready to witness, witness to some people? I, got, I miss Jesse Arsenal because he was always on. Anthony's always on. Susie's always on. There's people in this room that are always on. We want to be always on. It's not flick, flick. Like, he doesn't turn off the power surge for you. So when you come in here, you get filled, empowered, strengthened, and you leave in your light. Filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Overcoming all the works of the devil. Not coming in here busted up, beat up, and broken down. Yeah? Why don't we stand then? We'll just pray. We're just going to ask the Lord. Come. Um.